Hi and welcome back everyone. Good to have you with us. Hope you had a fantastic holiday season. This is NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast and I'm your host Ziv Nakajima again. In our first episode for 2018, we're going to talk about portfolio management. We'll try to cover everything that you need to put in place to properly manage and hopefully profit from your Japanese property investments. The components we're going to discuss should work fine even if you've only got one or two small units in your portfolio, but the real importance of sticking to them and fine-tuning them will really hit home once you've grown beyond that. Um, say five, ten, a dozen units, once you've acquired some buildings, houses, etc. The bigger your portfolio, the more important it is for the right and most efficient systems to be in place. Since messy management can result in less than ideal profits, um, it can result in unnecessary or larger than necessary expenses, and most importantly, messy management wastes a huge amount of your time. And your time is the most precious resource for all of us, uh, or at least for most of us. So the first and most important component of your portfolio is, of course, property management or rental management. The property management company is the company in charge of handling everything related to the tenancy. Um, for vacant or recently vacated properties, this means handling the cleaning, the repairs, renovations if required, taking photographs of the property, advertising it for lease, and then receiving calls, email inquiries, showing the property to potential tenants, screening any applicants, checking their securities, um, organizing for the lease to be signed and for the new tenant to move in and of course to make this process as smooth quick and efficient as possible the worst thing that can happen in any property portfolio is extended vacancies and the second worst thing is bad tenants so top performance here is crucial for your profitable success once a property is tenanted the property manager is going to be in charge of receiving the rent and any other monthly payments chasing it up if it's not forthcoming um, receiving any maintenance, repair requests from the tenants, organizing for these to be attended to, uh, in some cases handling communication with building management, if there are any complaints, any issues between the tenants, other neighbors in the same building or other neighbors in the street, etc. And once a tenant moves out as well, it's the property manager's job to inspect the property, confirm its condition, whether there's anything that needs to be repaired at the tenant's expense, and to make sure that they've got valid contact details for the tenant's next residence in case there are any funds that need to be chased up after they leave. So clearly great deal of responsibility and all of which directly affects your bottom line as the landlord. So painfully clear, hopefully why it's crucial to get the right person or company for this job. Now here in Japan, most of the properties that you're gonna be purchasing will already have a property manager in place not necessarily the one that you want to work with, especially if you're purchasing a tenanted property. Now, the quality and professionalism of these managers can vary, but the general rule is that being Japanese, they're normally quite honest, quite transparent, but unfortunately not very proactive. So you'll almost always need to gently, um, sometimes not so gently, prod them, poke them, guide them, chase them up to get things done especially if you want things done your way, which may be different from what they're used to. Japanese property managers tend to be quite good at responding to inquiries, providing reports, not all that good at offering solutions or taking initiative as far as action is required. And since Japanese landlords as well are usually Japanese, they 
tend to leave these PMs to their own devices, and the result, unfortunately, is often chronically vacant properties, which are doing nothing but burdening the portfolio with expenses, reducing profitability, definitely something that we want to avoid with our portfolios. So he, firstly, here are a few tips to dealing with these property managers. First and foremost, centralization is key. If you're planning to own more than one property in any particular area, you really want to try and locate, then form a relationship with local property managers that you can trust with all of your properties in that area for a few main reasons. First of all, bank fees can be quite steep in Japan. One simple monthly rent deposit into your account can cost anywhere between 100 to 800 Japanese yen. That's just under one to just over seven US dollars, depending on which bank you and the PM are using. Now, if your rent deposit is, say, for a smaller, cheaper studio unit, which might be generating something as low as, say, 200 US dollars in net monthly returns, a $7 bank fee obviously reduces your income significantly. So, if you're using the same property manager for all of your properties in one particular area, they can remit all of the income streams in one bulk remittance and you just pay the one fee on that. Another reason to try and work with the same one is a property manager who manages more than one property um, for a client naturally works harder and better since they've got a lot more to lose if you end up taking your business elsewhere. And also after a while working with you, they'll learn how you do things. So they'll hopefully apply the same practices to all of the properties that they manage for you. For example, um, they'll know that you don't automatically accept overpriced maintenance and repair quotes. So they'll usually try to get a second quote if that seems to be the case. Or they'll know that you like to inspect a property a week before a tenant vacates it and not just on the uh, day of, of vacancy to give the tenant a chance to repair or to get the money needed for repairing anything which is their responsibility, so on and so forth. Um, proactive practices, which by the way are definitely not common practice for Japanese property managers as a rule. It's something that you'll need to instruct them to do and for them to get used to doing it can take some time. So being able to teach a single PM the right way or your preferred way to do things and then have them apply it to all of the properties that they manage for you is obviously a big time and expense saver um, from your perspective. Second thing to consider about um, property management is, of course, the price that you're going to be charged for it. Normally, PMs can charge anywhere between 2 to 5% of the gross rental income when the property is tenanted, and they don't charge anything when it's vacant. Once, however, they do find a new tenant, they will charge the first month of gross rental income as their advertising and placement fee. But in tough spots, if they have to share the listing with other PMs, if they have to offer one month of free rent to potential tenants, uh, etc., the uh, total expense can be increased to two, three, even four months um, of the gross rental income. This usually happens in cases where either the rent you want to receive is higher than the comparable average for similar properties in this particular area, could happen during low move-in season when there's a lot of competition, not that much demand, um, for example, winter, if you're uh, dealing with colder parts of the country, or middle of the semester in properties that are located uh, next to university campus and so forth. The average tenancy in Japan tends to be longer than in many, many other countries. Um, for a single person's typical studio one-bedroom unit, it's usually about four and a half, between four to five years. Longer than that for family-sized properties. 
So paying a higher moving fee in these cases does make sense, even furnishing a unit to attract um, more potential tenants or higher rents. All of these um, solutions are usually cost efficient. And since, as we mentioned time and time again, the Japanese do tend to be honest and not too greedy in their business dealings. So if a local PM you know and trust recommend any of these practices um, and increased costs to try and secure a tenant quickly and more efficiently, usually a good idea to listen to them, take their advice. The property management companies that charge less um, as far as gross rental income is concerned, say 2%, they'll usually also charge higher move-in advertisement and placement fees. And they're generally not as good as the ones which charge higher monthly fees since they're more focused on, the, the cheaper ones are more focused on getting these move-in fees as opposed to the uh, relatively low monthly fees that they charge. So as a result, they don't screen tenants all that well. They don't really bother much with serious management, proper communication with landlords, etc. So you want to stick to the um, mid-range um, gross uh, gross rental percentage um, charges. Larger cities naturally have more property management companies to choose from, so it's more likely that you'll be able to find a good one for four or five percent. It's easier to negotiate the fee from 5 to 4% or from 4 to 3% if you've got more than one property that these guys will be managing for you. On the higher range, you'll find some companies that boast of national coverage, um, various levels of service, and these guys charge 7, 8, even 10% of the gross rental income um, for their services. But there's really no real advantage to working with them from our experience, since each of these regional offices will have different staff and different practice, um, different practices, different levels of performance in any case. So probably best to source smaller, mid-range, more local PMs instead. And one last thing about property management, there are some alternative tenant databases to explore in case a property becomes vacant at a bad time and it's difficult to find a normal tenant. These databases can be things like um, government-supported welfare recipients, which you can get access to from City Hall, um, foreign students, which you can get access to from local schools and universities. Local property managers who are familiar with um, potential tenant population in their areas will be able to provide you with advice and access to these tenant databases as well. Um, but they're not automatically going to do that since many of the Japanese landlords prefer not to deal with these um, types of tenants. So it's worth discussing these options with them in advance if possible. So once you're done with your um, property management, the second thing to put in place is your landlord insurance policy. If you're purchasing individual units in a managed condo block, you only need to cover the interior of the unit. If you've purchased a house or a building, you also want to cover some of the exterior for fire and other natural disasters. Interior coverage is quite cheap in Japan, usually comes up to just a few dollars for every 20 or 30 square meters. Again, best to work with the same insurance company for all properties under management, simply for ease of communication and more attractive pricing. Next building block is our building management. If you own individual units in condo blocks, the owner's co-op will have appointed a building management company and you'll need to communicate with them once you become the owner. Make sure you sign up for automatic withdrawal of building fees, which is a lot cheaper than paying those uh, pricey bank fees that we've mentioned. In most cases, it's going to be um, free of bank charges if you sign up for automatic withdrawals. And make sure you review the annual meeting summaries and the periodical notices that they send your way, since you may be asked to vote on some decisions which may end up costing you money. 
um, such as renovations, repairs to the building exterior, um, increases in, um, in monthly fees in order to cover these repairs or to um, cover a depleted sink fund pool. In some buildings where there are no individual meters for each unit, there are also monthly water or heating fees, communal monthly water or heating fees that are charged by the building management company. Your tenant will normally be paying these fees on their own, either directly to the management company or through the rent, in which case you'll be paying it on their behalf. The building management company may ask you to pay these fees even when the unit is vacant. Now, if these fees are for um, common areas, heating or water usage, one thing, fair enough. But if they ask you to pay an individual unit's communal water or communal heating fee, even when it's vacant and it's not being heated or uh, water is not being used, don't be shy to argue the point. They'll more often than not back down. If you end up owning buildings yourself, you'll want to research and appoint your own building management company. So if you're impressed with the management on any of your particular properties, take note of the company's name, their contact details. You may want to hire them in the future when you get your own structure to manage. Um, next is communication with authorities, mostly for taxation purposes, but there could be other matters as well. As we've mentioned previously, since you're a foreigner who may or may not be living here in Japan, you will need to notify these authorities about your local contact details. Again, most of local municipalities here will not be able to send any bills, statements, letters overseas, definitely not in English. So you want to make sure they've got a local address and contact number to communicate with. Make sure not to skip this phase when you're setting up your portfolio, since if you fail to pay your property tax for a few years, you could potentially lose your property, government foreclosures. Aside from that, um, Japan Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, also needs to be notified of any foreign purchase of real estate property in the country. They don't tend to chase this up. They don't seem to be too phased if you forget to report, but this is the law. So make sure that you do that. And lastly, of course, there is accounting to think about. Um, we mentioned at the start of this podcast series that you can claim deductions um, for many, many things in Japan, including the price of the property itself, as far as income tax is concerned, and you can carry these expenses forward. So you can literally save yourself tens of thousands, even millions of yens on taxes for years and years to come if you make sure you've got this right. Um, in fact, many investors even periodically sell their properties and buy other ones just to be able to start this claims and deduction cycle again when they're done with it. So you probably want to make sure you've got a Japanese accountant from day one. The only exception to that is if you know you're only going to have one or two smaller, older studio units um, for the next four or five years, you might be under the reporting threshold altogether. If your annual net income, um, once you've made all of these claims, is lower than about 3,500 US dollars or so, um, then you're not going to need to report or pay income tax, in which case you probably don't need an accountant as well. Um, if you do work with an accountant, you want to find one that's got foreign clients, preferably clients that have property investment income here. There are plenty of those to be found. Simple Google search in English will do. Most of them are in Tokyo and Osaka. So don't be shy to shop around. Try to find an accountant um, which suits your budget and you feel comfortable with their level of communication. And that's about it. If you've covered all of the above, you should have the proper infrastructure for successful management of your Japanese property investment portfolio. That was a lot of information to digest. So as always, 
If you need any clarifications, got any questions, feel free to contact us directly via nippontradings.com. That's N-I-P-P-O-N, tradings with an S, all one word, dot com. And until then, happy investing.